Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I am your host, Paul Oren. You can find me on Twitter at NWI Oren, and you can find Union Street Hoops on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Pods, Google Pods, all over the internet, wherever you get your podcasts, and also on NWI.com. Thrilled to have you here for the final of these big group interviews that we've done. I did the freshman a couple weeks or a couple months ago. I did the transfers a couple weeks ago, and now here are the scholarship returning players. You've got Sheldon, you've got Ben, you've got Connor, you've got Emil, and you've got Aaron Gordon, a great group of guys that came together, um, and, and this was really a lot of fun. I had a blast with it. I did it the day after the Bucks won the NBA championship, so very excited about that. It was awesome to kind of revel in that with these guys who I've known for a couple of years now. They know I'm a Bucks fan, and so it was just kind of fun. I know they're basketball fans. They were into it. Um, one of the topics that I did not touch on that I meant to was asking Aaron Gordon what it was like to be on the mascot committee. Uh, we just never got to it. I thought about it. I had a note to ask about it, and we got onto some other conversations, and it just eluded me. Um, so apologies for that. We're not going to get into the mascot talk at all here. I do understand that Valpo is uh, is coming close to picking their mascot name. Uh, apparently, Jose Padilla, the president of the university, announced in a town hall that he was he was close or he had made his decision. He just now had to uh, concentrate on the art aspect of it. I read that on, on a message board. I, I actually don't I don't know this. Um, I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks here on vacation and have not yet. Uh, I don't know when they're going to announce it. They might announce it when I'm in the middle of nowhere and, and can't do anything with it. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to that announcement whenever it happens. Obviously, the schedule for the upcoming season. Looking forward to seeing who Valpo is going to play, uh, when they're going to play them. Let's get rid of these back-to-backs. Although, you'll we'll talk about that with the guys here in a second, what they thought about it. Um and yeah, and, and and we're getting close. We're getting close to the, the start of the 2021-22 uh, athletic season, football, volleyball, soccer, going to be rolling back cross-country, all the Valpo sports going to be uh, coming back here. By the time I get back from my trip, um, I, uh, I imagine these athletes will be back on campus and Obviously, we look forward to that. So, looking forward to uh, you guys enjoying this episode. I think you'll really, you'll really like what these five have to say. And uh, thanks for following along throughout this process. I really enjoyed the chance to get to talk to all of the Valpo basketball players. Uh, what I learned last year during COVID was that it's really hard to tell their stories when you don't get to know them. And and spending a, re, a year basically away from them, uh, you know, I, I I didn't I didn't get a chance to. I still have only met Connor Barrett like one time in person. The guy's been around here for almost two years. It feels like. So, anyways, thank you guys for listening. Enjoy today. We've got the five scholarship returners from the Valpo men's basketball team. These are all guys who played at Valpo already. They're back. We did this with the freshmen. We did this with the transfers. And this is kind of the the putting a bow around the whole thing. Fellas, thank you. Uh, it's Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for joining. Uh, how are you guys doing today? You guys good? Doing very well. Yes, yeah. pretty solid. Pretty solid. Obviously, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA title last night, and I know that this is about Valpo, but honestly, I'm a Milwaukee fan, so everything revolves around that. Sheldon, I know that you're very active on Twitter. I think you love Devin Booker. I think you also love really everybody. Um, yeah. When you watch the games, you know, what what – what did you see? Like, and this is for all you guys, like as basketball players, like what do you guys watch when you see the NBA finals? It's the biggest stage in the world, in my opinion, like 
people dream about that. Not everybody can experience that. So like for them, especially Giannis specifically to not come around the same background that we kind of have playing AAU growing up and playing high school bas basketball and college basketball. He didn't do any of that. So it's kind of crazy how his whole journey, everything he's been through and went through the different things he's um, been crit criticized about not being able to shoot stuff like that. And he still persevered and he won finals MVP. So all that doesn't even matter to be honest. Emil and Ben, when you see a guy like Giannis, I, I know he's not from where you guys are from, but he's not from the United States. Emil, is this something that like when you see him thrive at this level, is that is, is there some uh, motivation that comes from that? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I know how hard it is to even get like seen just going into college over here. So like for him to like make it all the way to the NBA and actually be seen, it's like. It's big time. So, um. Ben, your thoughts on watching uh, the NBA? Everything about this series was talking about the global game and what Giannis has done globally for it. I know you're from just across the border in, in Canada, but what does this mean to see this guy thrive at this level? Yeah, I mean, kind of what Sheldon was saying, it's just a culmination of a, a great story. You know, he started, he was talking about his mom and, and his family and everybody selling things on the street. And then to just kind of work his way up with the game and then, you know, using the game as an avenue to get different places and obviously make it to the league and then just thrive the way he did says a lot about his, you know, work ethic, his attitude and his perseverance, which I think is could be inspirational for anybody, uh, you know, around the globe. So for me, I just look at that and go, you know, like what's stopping me from from being great? Because obviously nothing, nothing stopped Giannis, so. Connor, I want to ask you about a different player, um, a guy that actually had a rough game yesterday offensively, but great defensively, Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton kind of looks like the maybe 11th or 12th most talented guy on a 10-person court. But, like, I actually see him do a lot of things that I thought I saw you do in your brief time. You know, hard-nosed, gritty, going to hit shots, going to defend, going to get long rebounds. Um, when you see a guy like that, what, what, what do you see from him? Actually, we were talking about this the other day in the locker room. Or actually, uh, we were actually watching the game together. And I was saying Pat Connaughton, is a, he's a gritty guy. And everyone said he, he played just like me. Um, but I've always liked Pat Connaughton. Um, he played at Notre Dame um, back in the day. And I always admired his game. So, um, but yeah, I love to see him thrive. So. Um, I, that actually makes me feel good that maybe I can see basketball a little bit the same way you guys see basketball because I see Pat Connaughton and I, I saw there was a great shot um, early in, the, I think, in the playoffs. He got cut in the face and uh, there was a close-up of, uh, of Pat Connaughton and I said if John Kaiser played for the Bucks, this is what he would look like. I know some of you guys played with, with John. Aaron, I think you, I mean, you have such a different connection to the NBA because your brother obviously plays there. Your brother was attempting to get to this level. Uh, can you enjoy watching the NBA when it's not the Houston Rockets? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously for me, you know, a lot, all my teammates and everyone knows, like I'm a journalist too. So, um, you know, I like, I like to just watch NBA basketball, you know, from, you know, when it starts in October this year, it obviously started in December, um, and, you know, just all the way through. So, you know, a Tuesday game when it's January, um, you know, just looking at a team like, you know, the Suns and the Bucks, um, I think it's really interesting to see, um, you know, the type of DNA that those, you know, teams have, um, you know, why they got to the point that they are. So, 
Uh, for me, I always enjoy it. Um, but to me, it's always fun to just see, you know, the teams that I've seen, you know, struggle because that's at one point during the year, I mean, the, the Bucks were struggling a lot. And at some point towards the end of the season, the Suns were struggling a little bit too towards the end of the regular season. So I think it's always cool to see those teams, uh, you know, push through adversity, which, you know, like, like we do in college all the time when it's maybe a tough loss or, you know, maybe we don't play as well as we want to, and, you know, just to, just to kind of see that it's always really good just to see them prevailing and, you know, get to the finals. Much like you guys watch game tape, I imagine, or practice film or anything like that. I spend a lot of time watching press conference clips because I think I can get better as a journalist from that, ask better questions, do things like that. I'm always trying to pick up what my, I guess, competition's doing. So I've been watching a lot of the Giannis press conferences because I think it's just been a joy to listen to this guy talk about the game and all of that. And one of the things he talked about was it's an addictive feeling to play in the playoffs and the finals. And he used a term when the ball is heavy, when everything is just a little bit more stressful Um, for the guys that were, this is, I guess, Sheldon and Connor, not for you guys necessarily, but the other guys that made that run in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament a couple of years ago, Aaron, can you talk maybe a little bit about what that means, the, the ball getting heavy, the pressure and, and the run that you guys went on and, and kind of how that might be different than a game in October or a game in February? Oh, well, for sure. I mean, I think anybody, especially who's played high school at um, a, a decent level, I mean, they, they feel it too. I mean, whenever you – are in a situation where, you know, every little step matters, every single free throw matters, every single play matters. Um, it kind of puts you into like a mental state to where, you know, you're trying to get to a calm place and you're trying to, you know, maneuver things out. And I think, you know, for, for me and, you know, what we did in 2020 uh, during the tournament, you know, it was, a, it was a unique time because I felt like, you know, we were clicking on all cylinders and, um, you know, that's just a, the, the best part about it. So. Um, I think right there, what Giannis was probably, you know, talking about is just, you know, being in a comfortable state when the, the stakes are at its highest. Ben, what did you take away from that run that that's kind of helped mold your experience so far as a college basketball player? Yeah, I mean, kind of like EG was mentioning, it's just we got to a level where, you know, we were playing kind of seamless basketball and we we're just, you know, really connecting, really like the team chemistry was on point. We we're just all playing together. and. Uh, you know, when the when the stakes are high, you got to be sharp, and there's really no room for error. So, I mean, you lose, you go home, kind of thing. And uh, you know, honestly, we played a great tournament back in 2020, and you know, I, I just felt like you know, along with Ryan and and John, kind of leading the ship, everybody else just kind of fell behind, and then uh, you know, played their role to a T. So that was pretty impressive. And Emil, I want to ask about playing that role to a T. I was watching the Bucks celebrate last night, and and Giannis ran over and grabbed Jordan Awara right away. I think I said his name correctly. Sam Merrill was there. And, 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 you know, I know you haven't gotten a lot of the minutes there, but obviously you're a member of the team and everything like that. What, and these guys are talking about the role of, that you've got to play. Kind of how do you uh, – how have you taken these first two years to kind of prepare you to maybe take a, a next step here? Um, I mean, even though if – you don't play or not, you're still with the team through all the highs and lows and stuff and got to be with them in a way. Um, sometimes the highs doesn't feel as high if you didn't get a whole lot of minutes and didn't play a whole lot. Um, so it's like great to have a team around you to like count on them to get you through those highs and lows 
in any way you can, even if you don't play. Sheldon and Connor, you guys had such an interesting introduction to college basketball last year, particularly when it comes to the conference in that you didn't have the traditional, we're going to go to Northern Iowa, play a game, come home, host Drake, go on the road. You did these back-to-backs. What was that like, uh, your introduction to college basketball and the fact that you were getting one game, six hours off, got to get back at it, whatever. What was that experience like last year? I enjoy playing back-to-backs or having, like, a lot of games and a few, not a lot of games, but, like, say, like, two games in three days. Like, I enjoy things like that. Like, I don't like taking long periods of time off of, like, basketball. So, like, that was fun for me. Being It's kind of like AAU, if you think about it, just playing one game, uh, regrouping, win or loss, uh, watch film, make adjustments, and then go back at it the next day. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun for me. Honor, what did that do to your body to have to uh, go through that experience? Yeah, I think it was a little tough. Uh, I, was, I was really tired the second games. Um, for the times that I did play and I did get in, I the second game is always the one where I was winded the most. My legs were hurting. So, um, but I hope the next year it's hopefully a little bit better with that. I, well, I don't think we're going to ever have that schedule again. At least I hope. Yeah. Schedule again. Connor, hopefully. you played one minute in the season opener. You barely played the first couple of games, and then you had a, a, a non-D1 game where you played amazing, and all of a sudden you're a starter. How did that happen in that short window to go from, like, not getting off the bench there, and, and obviously the coaches have got the reasons what they do, but, like, what did you have to do to kind of stay in the moment to make sure that when your number was called, you were ready to go? Um, I think I just had to play my role the, the best I could uh, for what I can do. And I think I fit a role perfectly, a guy who comes in and makes shots and defends and uh, does, like, has charges, loose balls, and gets rebounds. So um, I just try to find my role and do what the coaches ask me to do. Aaron, we talk about the idea of a role. You just were honored by the university as the male unsung hero award for the entire school. I, don't, I mean, I, I'm not sure if you even noticed that the, the ARC awards happened. They were just did them over Twitter or whatever. But but when someone says to you, you're the unsung hero, what does that mean to you? Um, You know, it's a definitely a weird award. I mean, it's not an award that you necessarily are trying to get. And those awards, you know, normally mean a lot because it's not something, I mean, I didn't come into the year saying, oh, I want to get the unsung hero award. Right. <laughs> But, um, I mean, normally it, those type of awards, you know, they mean a lot. Um, obviously, you know, you have different awards, like how you have an NBA. They have, like, the Citizen Award, uh, the Leadership Award, certain things like that. And it's always really good, obviously, going into my sixth year. Um, I've been in, you know, um, pretty much every single, you know, shoe in terms of college basketball. I've been in a situation where, you know, I've played heavy minutes and started. I've been in a situation where I've been like a six man. I've been in a situation where I've been a role player. I've been in a situation where, you know, there's been games where I may play, I may not play. Um, I may play two minutes. So, you know, I've been in pretty much every single role in my uh, situation. So, you know, just being able to know that and to be able to help others and, um, you know, pretty much just, you know, make everything, you know, run smoother with the coaches and the entire program. It makes everything just a little bit easier. Ben, you had an interesting year last year in that your freshman year you came in, you were, you know, one of the top guys off the bench, and then you move up the scouting report last year as maybe the number number one or number two option. Um, with with uh, 
I guess I don't want to like embarrass anyone in here, but like, what advice would you give to maybe a guy like Sheldon, who's probably going to be in that same boat this year, right? Or a guy like Connor, mm-hmm. guys uh, that move from that freshman to sophomore year where everyone knows your game a little bit more. Everyone's kind of keyed in on you a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I just tried to stay in the gym as much as possible. And I know these two guys do that. So, you know, I have faith in, in them for that aspect of things. And, you know, from my freshman to sophomore year, I just played with a lot more confidence and, you know, kind of tried to push the agenda a little bit and, and tried to, you know, play my role, but kind of expand that role a little bit more. And, you know, just tried to trust the coaches and, you know, watch film. It, it's really just a bunch of different things coming together. And then, you know, from there, you watch that film, talk with the coaches. And then, you know, of course, that confidence comes. So once you have those three things, it's just kind of like you feel like you can move forward. And I feel like that's kind of what I did. But I mean, everybody's journey is different. It could look different from uh, for Sheldon, different for Connor. But, you know, those three things were kind of what helped me along. Sheldon, Ben just said, stay in the gym. I, I think the worry about you is you need to get out of the gym sometime. Man, talk to me about these, these late night dunking sessions that you do that are kind of famous on Instagram. Um, I mean, I haven't been dunking for too long. So like, and I know I'm not going to be dunking for forever. So I really just like do what I can while I can. Um, my pops, he's I got my athleticism from him and like, I see him move sometimes, but he can't get up like he used to. So it's, it's like, dang, I know that time is coming. So really I just have fun with it. I understand that like father time is going to come, he's going to do his thing. And I'm only 20, 21 almost. And I want to make the best of this opportunity. So dunking videos of late night is just me trying new things, seeing what I can and can't do. You see guys like John Moran, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, uh, all those dudes in the league, trying new things. I'm thinking, okay, what can I do? What can I do that, uh, a lot of other people can't do. That's how I think about it. Aaron, do you throw down dunks in practice? You say what? You, do you are do you do you do these dunks in practice? No, not the ones that Sheldon does. <laughs> Aaron, I'm not sure. I just counted this up a little bit ago. You now, when you add all these new guys in that are coming in this year, you will walk out of this place having been teammates with 36 different guys at Valpo. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. insane. I mean, there's four of them in this room with you right now. There's 32 other people that you've been teammates with. What what does that mean to you to know that you had the chance to maybe touch the lives of, of so many people and so many other people have kind of touched your life through this journey of Alpo basketball? I mean, it's been really, I mean, it's it's been, you know, quite a blessing. I mean, you can out on more if you count Seton Hall, but too, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always really good, you know, just knowing uh players in different atmospheres you know knowing them uh having individual relationships with them having a group relationship with them um that's always been like the funnest part it's just to kind of individually talk to everyone there's there's been you know everybody that's been here um you know I've talked to you know just individually and you know we've shared our stories and then obviously we're always doing a lot of team stuff so just seeing people um you know interact within a group and then interacting individually is really cool to see and then uh, pretty much everybody. Um, I actually just did a podcast with Derek Smith two days ago. Um, he, just, he recently just retired from basketball. And um, I was, it's funny, I was just talking to new guys about him. You know, what was he like? He was Rick Smith's son. Um, and just, you know, just sharing them his experience, when, you know, when I was here with him for a year. So, uh, you know, aspects like that are really cool. You, you, you don't get 36 different teammates 
unless some guys leave. Yeah. And I know this is maybe an uncomfortable part of this conversation, and I'm not trying to get into specifics about all of this, although Sheldon, I did love your, we're going to circle that date on the calendar with Missouri State Twitter back in <laughs> with Donovan, I thought it was awesome. I guess I want to ask a bigger question, and Ben, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on you for this one. How, how do you guys find out when a guy is going to leave? I mean, is it, is it a surprise where it's like, oh man, this came out of the blue, or is it like, okay, season's going to end. We know these five are gone immediately. Like what, what's that conversation like throughout the year? Or is it a blindside thing? How do you, how does, how does this work in college basketball? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this past year was a little bit of both. There was a few guys who, you know, the rumors were kind of going around, you know, kind of hinting that they might be leaving and that was taking place during the year. And you know, like halfway during the year and things. So you kind of heard that uh, going on. And, and that was kind of surprising, you know, halfway during the year, and a little bit disappointing too, because you don't want to throw away half a year, which I felt like we kind of did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that happened with a few guys. I'm obviously not going to say who, but, and then, uh, you know, there was a couple down the stretch where, you know, I was kind of surprised at, and, um, yeah, I think maybe just one or two that, that kind of caught me off guard. But, I mean, we're all a team, and we all kind of, you know, things things kind of make the rounds. So, Emil, I imagine these guys are your brothers for life, whether they wear the Valpo uniform or anything else. Do you keep in contact with these guys and the bonds that you created? Uh, I keep in contact with uh, Siggy a little bit, um, trying to as much as I can. Um I mean, it's a little bit tough being here. I hardly keep in touch with my family with everything going on, but I try to keep in touch as much as possible. So uh... I want to ask you guys kind of a, of, a, of a wider question. And Connor, I know you've been around probably a bit more than some of the other guys. At least I saw you in some practices or whatever. When we had the transfers on here last week or two weeks ago, uh, Trevor Anderson talked about even before you guys started playing basketball, you guys kind of all got together in the locker room. You sat around for 45 minutes and just, as, as I think Trevor, Trevor said, chopped it up the terms I don't use, but whatever, like, what's it like being in the locker room and then looking around and realizing that you've got a whole new group of guys that are now going to, you're going to build this bond with. And, and what's this, this early introduction process been like with all these guys? I think from the first day, we all kind of um, understood each other's like sort of memo, sort of personalities. I think it was pretty easy to meet everyone. Um, I think all of us returning guys are pretty outgoing people. Um, so I think we all really welcomed them. And I think they really liked it. And, um, you know, that 45 minute talk in the locker room. Um, I don't remember exactly what was said, but I know we did talk for a while and uh, it was a good time. Sheldon, you arrived uh, a couple of weeks later, I think, and, and Emil, I think you did as well. And, and, and Ben, I'm not sure when you got here, but but Sheldon, what's it like coming into the into the arena with guys that now have have been Valpo basketball players for a couple of weeks and been here, and now you're coming back to your spot? And and I think you'd put on Twitter that, that like Cam came up to you when you were unpacking and said, "Let's go play one on one immediately." Yeah, I walked in the gym, didn't even go to my room yet, and he was talking to Peter and Blake, I think, and he was like. Let's play one. So I'm like, bro, I didn't even go to my room yet, but all right. But it's been fun, man. I enjoy everybody, everybody's personality. Everybody's clicking. The chemistry's really good. Um, I really like what we got going on here. It's pretty fun. It's exciting. 
I know the fans are excited. I don't want to like say too much, but things are going to be rocking here for sure. Like I can just tell, I got a good feeling about everything we got going on, but everything's been pretty good. Ben, how important is, is July in August for, for the formation of a team? And I think you probably didn't get this at all last year, this, this, this kind of off season, the way that it probably should be done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with last year, I mean, I think I came back mid-July and there was really nothing going on. People were kind of in and out, trying to find gym space at different churches, wherever, mm-hmm. like outside. And, you know, it's just not the same as what we got going on this year when we got the whole team in the weight room together, you know, everybody practicing together. So I think that's huge. And then, you know, just off the court, I think this year's group really enjoys each other's company. And, you know, we've gone together off the court, you know, it could be at whoever's house, whoever's apartment, whatever. But, you know, a few of us have gone, you know, mini golfing and, you know, uh, like fishing, even just different things to get to know each other. And uh, that that's obviously going to uh, show down the line. But, you know, it's, it's been really great to just get to know everybody on a personal level. So everything will click on the court. And I think, like Sheldon was saying, you know, I'm super excited for this group this year. And, you know, it'll be rocking in the arc, so. You had you guys had at least I know I know uh, Ben you you hinted early, earlier he said obviously I'm not going to mention anybody um, I, I will I, I thought Agnosovic was one that if you guys would have had a normal year I think he would have fallen in love with this place and uh, and it's just I really wonder the attrition that we saw guys leaving how different that would have been um, I all I also thought that if COVID didn't hit a couple of years ago and you guys coming off the Valley run to the title game I was certain that entire team would come back. Because it was just like, oh, let's get in the gym, let's practice. But everyone had to had to scatter right away. And 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 again, I hope we never really have to talk about COVID again. Uh, but but Emil, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, you know, like Aaron can drive home to Indy and fine. What? How scary was this? This idea of this global pandemic hitting. Can you get home? If you get home, how do you get back? Are you allowed to come back? What I imagine the weight of all of that was just like far more than anyone should have to put up with. Yeah, it was definitely heavy at times. Like I spent, uh, like right as COVID happened, I spent three months just trying to get back home to Denmark. Once I got home, I spent three months trying to get back into the U.S., um and once we were here like no family could visit or anything so it was a a year without like any actual family contact so it was definitely tough at times um especially around the time when I also got injured and basically just sat in my room for I don't know weeks on end um it was definitely tough um especially when you also couldn't be around the team and stuff. They were all quarantined. Uh, so it was definitely a tough year uh, in that aspect. Ben, how much struggle did you have? I mean, it's been well-documented your, uh, your seven or 10 or 15 times in quarantine, yeah. but uh, the, the getting home and coming back, was that hard with Canada? I saw that they just, I think, have opened up the borders or will open up the borders to un- to vaccinated people or whatever, but how, how difficult was that during COVID? Yeah. I mean, obviously during the year, I didn't get to go back. So I was uh, here last year from July to May 1st. So that's like 10, 10 straight months of alcohol, which was 
was different because usually I like to go home for, you know, at least one time during, uh, you know, the Christmas break and, and, you know, maybe have some family down for a game or something and during the conference season, but obviously none of that happened. So that was a bit of a challenge. And then, uh, you know, getting back home wasn't, wasn't too bad. You know, the Canadian government was a little bit stricter than, than the American government. So I had to, you know, fill out a bunch of different, you know, forms and, and track, track my quarantine on an app and, and check in and things. So, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't anything too crazy. It was a bit of a process though. And it took some time. And then coming back was, was fairly easy. So I had no problems with that. And yeah. Um, I, I wanted to, I've got a couple different topics I want to shift to here for a second. The first one is about being a student athlete. Obviously you guys have earned a division one scholarship to play basketball, but there's an education opponent uh, component to this. Um, you know, every once in a while I get, uh, pulled behind the curtain a little bit. And, uh, at the end of the conference tournament last year, um, uh, I, I came back to the team hotel and I had a conversation with Matt for a while. And Ben, you were up in the ballroom and you're like, I got to go do homework. I like, I need this done. I can't imagine there's a, maybe this happens all the time, but I thought it was just strange at like most crushing loss of the season, the year is over. And you're like, I got to go get homework done. I mean, how much of the student part is part of this whole experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, a balancing act and, you know, we, of course, we got practice all the time and, and weights and, and games and everything like that. But there's a there's a second half of our lives that obviously nobody gets to see on ESPN and that's in the class. So, you know, like you mentioned, you saw me doing homework. That was just, you know, do that night. And we had a busy tournament and I had to get that done. But I mean, that's just part of being a student athlete. So, you know, a lot of guys face it. And I mean, that's just what we're here for. So you know, be an athlete, be a student. I know you taught yourself a stock market in, uh, in, in quarantine and all of that, and, and you got a business sense. I know, Aaron, you're going to go into some journalism, take my job, and that's fine. Uh, Connor, what, what, what's, what do you want to do with, with life after basketball? Um, I honestly haven't decided what I want to do yet, um, but um, I'm going to major in finance, I think. Um, Maybe I play basketball after college. I don't know. Or maybe I go into coaching. So I don't know. We'll see what life takes me. Emil, what about you? Uh, kind of the same boat as Connor. Hasn't, I haven't decided fully yet, but some sort of architecture construction, maybe. Uh, maybe keep playing basketball for a little bit, uh, but not sure at all. And Sheldon, you got, uh, obviously, no basketball is a big part of your life. Yeah, I just do. Yeah, I'm going with the flow right now. I only got nothing. Uh, no, I really ideas yet. I feel like it'll just come to me though. I'm not really stressing about it right now. Huge development in college basketball this year. Name, image, and likeness. Aaron, I'm uh, I'm gonna settle in on you here because I think you have got a name, image, and likeness deal or something that you're working on. I, I mean, I saw I look like a paid partnership post on Instagram. That's all I'm, I'm yeah. basing this off of. Talk to me about name, image, and likeness. I know we did an interview a couple of weeks ago when this all went down. I thought you were maybe best positioned out of any of the athletes um, just with your social media presence. What does name, image, and likeness mean to you? What has it meant to you over the last couple of weeks since this all took took place? Uh, well, I mean, I definitely didn't think um, it, it would get this big so fast because obviously um, I know it's been, you know, making its rounds around the NCAA, but um, – you know, just with 
the NIL and just, you know, having the ability to, you know, market yourself. Um, I pretty much show myself that I'm not going to do any like money transactions, but like in terms of like being an ambassador, getting the gear, uh, supporting um, companies, I'm definitely going to do that uh, as much as I can. So um, I think it's I think it's really cool. And I think that a lot of other athletes should probably, you know, try to take the same role in terms of, you know, you know, being able to use your image, um, not necessarily get involved with uh, signing any contracts, making any deals or anything, just kind of just, um, you know, getting free stuff, um, you know, being able to support maybe a friend's business or a local business and just kind of just, um, you know, just making yourself more aware around the community. Are any of you barstool athletes? Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Ben, go ahead. I, I mean, I tried. I feel like form and just, you know, want to see where it would take me. They didn't post anything yet, but <laughs> I feel like the entire volleyball team, women's basketball team are all barstool athletes, at this point, which I think probably plays into a bit more of what barstool is all about. Um, ben, I, I know that we, we kind of had a, a conversation in passing about name, image and likeness. And uh, there was some question about international athletes and whether or not you guys, because of your visas were allowed to, uh, to partake in that have you gotten any more clear like clarity about this or anything well i i mean i did a little bit of research and obviously looked at the the couple of articles that you sent so i mean i feel pretty comfortable uh you know being allowed to do whatever it may be and you know for me i'd like to just explore it a little bit more and, and get familiar with everything before i you know, make anything any crazy deals or whatever if that ever comes up but yeah I want to go to the basketball side of things for a second, the on-court aspect of this, um, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, you guys play a very interesting brand of offense, this kind of motion that you guys do, and at times it stagnates into three, four, ten-minute scoring droughts at times. Um, what, uh, how complicated is the offense, I guess, because I mean, I watch it, my mind gets blown. I'm like, I don't necessarily always know what things are happening. I'm not, my basketball career ended in eighth grade. Sheldon, I want to start with you as, as a freshman who came into this last year, like what, what, what's the offense like? It's different now, but talking about last year, it was, um, I don't know. We kind of never really clicked offensively. Like that's like I feel like the the way we didn't have like an off season like that really played a factor into that too. Like now we're in July and we have time to like work on what we need to work on. We didn't have that last year, so during the year it was kind of like learning on the fly in a way, and um, it was tough a little bit going on those little drops like that. It starts making me think like, um, like let me kind of do this on my own a little bit, and like things didn't really work out how you wanted it to, so it just you just didn't score and. Um, Obviously, that resulted resulted in losing games. So, I don't know. I feel like um, everything comes full circle. I feel like being here now in July, things are going to be different. We got a different offense now. We got different players now. I feel like those drops won't happen anymore. I'll say that. Connor, one of the knocks on this team was that they couldn't shoot three pointers. You can shoot three pointers, and well, obviously, when you got hurt, it, it took away part of that a little bit as well. Um, how important is the perimeter game? for what you guys have done or what you guys are going to do offensively? Um, I mean, I think it's great. Um, now that we got more shooters in here, I think it's nice um, that everyone can sort of shoot the ball 
Um, it helps a lot when teams, so it spreads the floor out um, and it creates mismatches for people on the court. So I think having shooters is really going to work to our advantage th throughout the whole year. Emil, you've got Big Joe on the team now. Um, you're not the, the the tallest dude walking around anymore. What's uh, what's Hedstrom been like, and what kind of uh, what what can that position kind of add to the floor of, of having just a traditional big that maybe Valpo hasn't had in a couple of years? Um, so we haven't gotten to see him play a whole lot because of injury uh, so far, but uh, I don't think I met a guy with that much energy before uh, and that size. So. Uh, He's definitely going to add a spark to the team in like every aspect energy wise. Um, but also just to have a big guy in practice like that to, uh, uh, to fight with and stuff is definitely going to help uh, once we meet some of the bigger guys in the conference and our conference. Ben, talk to me about your impressions of Thomas Kithier. He seems to be a guy that you can have a lot of fun alongside probably free up some things for you and you free up some things for him. And it looks like it could be a really kind of fun interior battle that you guys give opposition. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in practice, we've only got to, to be on the same team once or twice. And, you know, I, I tend to play more of the four and he plays the five and, you know, we can interchange that a little bit, but I mean, it's really exciting to play with a guy like him. He, he really has an IQ about the game that, you know, makes it easy to play with, makes him easy to play with. And, uh, you know, I think the high-low connection is going to work really well. He he fights really hard for position and, you know, posting up because he's had to go against, you know, some really big guys when he was at Michigan State and everything like that. And, you know, his motor's just always going. He brings a lot of grit. And, you know, I'm really excited to, to get into some games with him and, you know, practices have been exciting so far. You know, we've, we've played against each other a lot and, and had some pretty good battles so far. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks now, but the first couple of practices against him, I was kind of like, okay, this guy can play. Like, he's got some some really good post-up moves and everything, and, you know, he's, he's a smart player. So it, I'm really excited about him. Aaron, is there a, a newcomer or a transfer that has been just – is kind of lit a fire for you or whatever. I mean, I, I, I go back and I, cause I know you're old enough to know this when, when Alec Peters was here, his senior year, he's kind of big man on campus and John Kaiser comes in and just says, I'm going to piss this guy off every single day and go at him and make his life a living hell. And it, it really kind of sparked something in Alec, I think. And, and so I wonder, is there, are there any of these younger guys or these transfers, maybe not necessarily that kind of, contentious relationship but that, that you see them and, and you say hey I might be the old guy but now like I, I can't wait to be on the on the court with this guy um I'm really excited about everyone I would I would say surprisingly I think Preston has done a really good job of you know really I would say just attacking the workouts um obviously you know he doesn't have the biggest name um you know he's a freshman not that many people have talked you know too much about him but he comes in and he works really hard um you know obviously for being my sixth year me and Trev you know it's our six years you know he's kind of always in a guard group with us he he pushes us really hard I mean we've obviously you know we played at um you know the power six level so uh coming in uh sometimes it's, I think it's really easy for us to just say okay we know what to do um you know we really don't want to you, you know just go through the motion but he does a good job of really pushing us 
and drills or, you know, whenever we do uh, split up guards or just, you know, in practice, having him guard us at times, it's, it's been really good. Sheldon, you hinted earlier and Ben rolled with it that it's, it's going to be rocking in the arc this year. Who are these guys have you, has you excited to, to, I mean, is it Kobe? Is it, is it slim kind of what, which of these newcomers has you just super excited? I played Trev one-on-one a few times. That dude's a problem, bro. Like, I didn't know he was as good as he is. So, it would kind of take off some, um, some, what's the word, some weight off me, I guess, to, like, do what I need to do. I feel like instead of teams having to scout for me, they're going to have to scout for him, too. And, go, like, guard-wise, you feel me? So, like, um, he's a problem. Slim, he's going to make some, he's definitely going to make some strides. Uh, who else who he said? Um, Hello, Kev. Kev. Kev is Kev. great. Yeah. I played one of him yesterday, bro. Problem. I'm like, bro, like he pulled up from like almost the volleyball line with me in his face, bro. I'm like, bro, like this, he made it. I'm like, yo, this dude, yo, he's definitely, oh my goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> but, he's, um, he's such an interesting, he's an interesting story. All these big 10 transfers and now this exactly. new guy that gets an extra year that says, hey, I'm going to go take a shot. It seems, uh, seems fun. I want to end with this. Um, and I think he listens, so maybe uh, maybe I'm curious to see. Connor, what are your impressions of Matt Loddick as a basketball coach and as a competitor? Because he just – I mean, man, does he get fired up during games, and I've seen him in practices. Just kind of your thoughts on, uh, on, on playing for that guy and kind of what he brings to the whole operation. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, coach is great. Um, Trevor put it perfectly, like, last week he said, coach, coach is great. He's sort of – he's not like other coaches. He gives us a lot of leeway. He's really – he's honest with us. Um, so I think that's good. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's really fiery, and I love when we get into it at practice. And then he's, he's coming over like, yelling at us too. But, uh, yeah, it's a good time. So, Coach is great. And that's interesting, obviously. And, and, and I'm not trying to, to start anything here. But when nine people leave, you look at the person at the top as maybe one of the reasons why that might happen. But when a group of guys comes back, you also look at the person on the top and think about maybe there's a reason why that happened. Aaron, you have watched Matt evolve as a coach over your time here. What have you seen and how excited are you for this this upcoming year? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously he's a younger coach. And, I mean, obviously he's still learning just like how all the players are learning. Um, one thing I always said about him is he's a he's a completely fair coach. Um, like I said, I mean, not no player believes, you know, every single thing that their coach does is correct or, you know, they never bump heads. But one thing that I will say about uh, Coach Lodic is that I think he's 100% fair and he's always trying to do his best to win. There's no, you know, hidden agendas or anything. Um, and I think something that, you know, I've noticed with him just over the years is he's continuing to evolve and make adjustments on both ends of the court um, in terms of offensively and de- defensively. And, you know, I'm really happy to see that, especially with, you know, just a, a new team coming in pretty much, um, except for, you know, the returning, you know, uh, you know, five, six players that we have. And um, I think it should be really, you know, a really good year. I want to ask also, because, because, I love the guy. Matt Bowen just looks like a basketball lifer, right? Like just a guy that, uh, that, you know, he's going to tuck his t-shirt into his shorts and he's the happiest with a whistle around his neck and out there. What, what does he bring to Ben? I'll ask you, what, what, what does, what does coach Bowen bring to, uh, to this team? Yeah, he definitely brings a lot of honesty. I mean, he's going to tell you how he feels 
no matter what. Doesn't really care if he hurts your feelings or not. But you know, he he wants what's best for the team at all times. And you know, at at first he he was a little almost too in my face as a freshman, but you know, I got used to him and, and he's a great guy and everything. And I really enjoy, you know, him coaching me and everything like that. And yeah, I mean, like I said, he just wants to win and uh, yeah, he, he's been great. So. Coach Rob is somebody who I just really enjoy as well. Cause every time I see him, he tells me the 15 TV shows he's watched that week. Um, what, uh, what, what, what do you see from his energy that's out there? Um, so yeah, coach Rob and, and I've talked a lot about, you know, stocks and everything like that. He's just a very personable guy and, you know, really tries to build relationships with, with guys off the court as well as on. And, and, you know, just like coach B and, and the rest of the coaches, he's really fiery, you know, gets, gets really excited about practice and games and everything and just willing to do whatever he can to, to help the team win. And he definitely goes above and beyond and, you know, making sure guys are getting extra work in and being there to, to teach and coach along the way. So, uh, Emil Luke Gore, uh, I know he, he gets into it with the bigs every now and again and moves around what, uh, he's a guy who's been here for 17 years, I think, which has got to become one of the longest tenured assistant coaches in the country. What do you see from Luke? You know, of course, you know, all the ins and outs at Valpo. So, uh, like even off the court, I think he's just the guy you can get to like fix everything. Um, I know Ben told me when he was trying to come back here, he needed something signed and was emailing something, someone at the school and didn't get a response for a long time. Uh, he called coach score and got a signature within an hour or something. So uh, he's also there to help us out in uh, every aspect he can. So, uh, and then he likes to joke around a whole lot. Uh, so, uh, he's a fun guy to have on staff. I'll end with this question, Connor, what does success look like for the Valpo basketball team this year? Um, I mean, success would be winning in a conference. We win in conference going to the tournament. Yeah. Is that, I'm seeing some heads nodding. Sheldon, is that kind of the universal thought of, of, uh, that's, that's goal number one. 110%. Yeah. Aaron, how many steps does it take to get to that point? I think it takes a lot of small ones. Um, I don't know how many steps, but it would take a, a thousand really, 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 really small steps. And I ask this because I love the quote. I'll end. We started with the Bucks. I'm going to end with the Bucks. Giannis gave this great quote about how the past is ego, the future is pride, live in the moment. And then he talked about, we need to, you know, we want to celebrate, we want to win the game, but there's a lot of steps that have to happen before that. And it just made me, again, realize that you guys did not get to take a lot of those steps last year, nor did anybody else in college basketball. It's not like you guys were, to, you know, the only ones that had this happen to. And so, I, you know, I think the teams that were successful in the conference, the Loyolas and the Drakes, they had guys that had been doing this together for a long time. Um so excited, Ben, any final thoughts on, uh, on, on the steps and the goals for this year? Yeah. I mean, like everybody else said, winning the conference would be the, the number one goal in the back of everybody's mind. But, you know, like EG said, it, it's going to take a thousand tiny steps. And I think starting this early is really going to help. I think chemistry is going to be super important. And I think it's, 
you know, I can speak from my own experience. I think it's a thousand times better than last year already. So uh, that's going to help. And, you know, just attacking each and every day, you know, being excited, being bought in. And, you know, I think if, if we have that attitude of buying in and, and, you know, wanting to get better, I think everything else will fall in line and, and we'll begin to make progress with those little steps. Well, fellas, thank you very much for joining today. Um, I hope, uh, you know, to, to continue to see you guys throughout the, uh, the year and uh, hopefully in person. And uh, I got a victory parade to drive to. So thank you guys very much. I'll catch you guys uh, later on this summer. Appreciate you, boy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.